Thanks for joining Cornerstone for our message of the week. We hope you'll be inspired and encouraged. To connect with our church family and to watch our services live, download our app today by texting Sparks Will Fly as one word, app to 77977. That's Sparks Will Fly app to 77977 or by visiting us online at sparkswillfly.cc. Good evening, everybody. We're super excited that you're tuning in tonight. And um, thank you guys for your consistency and the tuning in of our live streams and all of our videos. Thank you for staying connected via the social media and uh, being faithful to the family here at Cornerstone. We're stirred for the, for the sharing of the word of the Lord tonight. Pastor John's got something brewing in his heart. And so um, we're super, super excited to share the word of the Lord with you. Um, for we are not to live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. And so we believe that the word of the Lord is active and it's sharp, dividing soul and spirit. And so um, there's a transformation that can take place in your life tonight. Um, the, the most repeated thing in the New Testament, he that have an ear to hear, let him hear. And so we're stirred to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying tonight. So um, we pray that you would just share this post. We ask you to like it, comment on it. Let us know you're watching. And please make sure that you share this. We want your friends and your families to be impacted and influenced and transformed by the word of the Lord. So we're ready to rock and roll, Pastor John, if you're ready. Hey man, uh, I want to start. I got I got a ton of uh, scriptures I've wrote uh, written down, and so, but um, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for tonight. We just thank you, Lord, for the people that are tuning into this broadcast, Lord. We just thank you that that just for your presence, Lord. And God, I'm asking, Father, that you would uh, just translate. Um, and just move into the homes of the people. Father, I pray that you would impart courage. And Lord, um, we just thank you for what you're doing on the earth. I know that the enemy is trying to write a story right now with death and destruction. But Father, we believe that the kingdom of God is, is expanding. And, uh, and Father, we are, we're just uh, moving in that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So Isaiah chapter 6 um, I just want to start here, and I really want to. I want to start. I'm going to deal with some things that I feel like where I've been at personally, and um, and so. But we just want to get started right here in Isaiah chapter six, and it says, "In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood uh, seraphims; each one had six wings, with two." He covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Wow, man, that, that you could just preach right there. Um, and, and the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out that the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people with, uh, of, of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King and the Lord of hosts. First of all, I want to notice this. As God began to fill that place where he was at, he began to notice how far he was from where he needed to be. And, for, and the first thing that he took notice of is the effect of what the surrounding people that he had been placed around him, what had caused upon his life. Now, what I've got in my heart that I want to share this morning, I, I guess this was, man, this was some months back or whatever. I got a text on my on my phone from a friend of mine who had listened to a podcast. And this podcast was by Chris Valentin. It was, it was a great podcast. And he talked about a foreboding spirit. Now, let me say this, that many people have been hijacked with a foreboding spirit, even in this season. And a foreboding spirit is simply this. It's a feeling of doom. Man, let me tell you something. There is nonstop, nonstop uh, in, our, in our news and things like that. So I just want to share with me. I had this news app on my phone that we had downloaded, I don't know, a while back because someone had sent me something and I couldn't open it without downloading the news app. And I found myself just being, just always constantly opening this news app. You know, not one time did I open that news app that it talk about the kingdom of God, how it was advancing. Not one time did I open it up that says, this is the most encouraging story that I want you to read today. Everything was about doom and gloom. 
And so the more we feast on that, I'm just telling you that it is impossible to live in that land and not begin to affect us. And so God never caused us to carry a foreboding spirit. He wanted us to carry the kingdom of God. We to carry hope, faith, and love. We to carry the fruits of the spirit. And we are to demonstrate, man. We are to be a demonstration. There's, If there's ever been a time that the world should be, I mean, that the church should be demonstrating to the world, it is right now. And one of the things that we as a church, you can tell it in the way that we pray, well, being fun, uh, being um, uh, what's the word here? Being under the influence of the Spirit. Let me just say this: for me, I noticed a couple of weeks ago, I was I was fishing with uh, with John Bentley and Asher, and I noticed something in this pond. This pond didn't have a cover over the spillway, and I found my thoughts just racing, man, just left and right. It's like, oh my God, somebody could fall in this pipe and all of this, man. That wasn't coming out of out of the kingdom of God. It was coming from an influence from this foreboding spirit, this belief that doom and gloom, you wake up every day, nobody has a thought. First Corinthians 10 talks about this, that we're to pull down every thought and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And so he talks about that these, these thoughts brick by brick build up fortresses in our mind. And I feel like God today just wants to deliver us from that. And what I want to remind us is, is our call in the earth that we are to be agents, man, that carry the kingdom of God. You know, one thing, if you look back in the early 1900s with John G. Lake, um, man, he moved into gifts of healing so strong that the city of Spokane, actually, he had a hospital, man. And, and that Spokane, uh, Washington, gave him a medical license to practice because he had, a, a, even they actually closed one of the hospitals in the city because of the, this, the anointing of God and the presence of God on his life. But one thing that he didn't do is he didn't pray for the sick. He healed the sick. And we're going to talk about that today. There's a big difference between praying for the sick and healing the sick. Now, we're going to talk about this morning of being agents and being carriers of the kingdom of God and how do we demonstrate that. And so one of the things that he did is he realized, hey, I don't have to go out and you know pray for the people I can train people how to do this and so he sent them out and listen to this his his deal was is you don't return back unless unless they've been healed sometimes they said the longest anyone was ever out was 30 days so what they would have to do is sometimes they would have to, I mean, stay in there with them on a house call. They would move in with them, teach and train them the Word of God, teach them about faith, and then uh, and then they would minister healing to them. And so what he called these ones that he was sending out was practice. Practitioners, they were practicing the presence of God and administering healing to the people. So, so, so we're designed to carry the kingdom, and so if we're going to carry the kingdom, we have got to we've got to stay at a place of faith in the Word of God, in the presence of God. There's nothing wrong with watching the news because I do watch the news, but you have to be careful of how much news that we are taking in. And, um, and so just to begin to silence those voices of doubt. So let's, let's flip over to Matthew chapter 28. I'm going to grab the, uh, the, the Passion Translation here. Um, oh, let's see right here. Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. The little Wednesday night Bible teaching. You know, there's a lot of reports because of uh, the state trying to open back up and, you know, whatever. I saw a report yesterday where it says thousands, thousands are going to die in Georgia. I, I rebuke that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on now. So let's go right here in Matthew chapter 28. I want to talk about this. We're not, we're not called to carry a foreboding spirit. We're called to carry the kingdom. So look at this in Matthew chapter 28. I hadn't read this out of the Passion Translation, so give me just a minute right here. Uh, let's, let's look at verse 18. Then Jesus came close to them and said, All authority of the universe has been given to me. Now wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you, and never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of this day, even to the completion of the age, and never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of this age. Now let's read it again. And Jesus came close to them and said, all authority of the universe has been given to me. In the New King James, he's going to say, all 
authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That is no revelation that Jesus had uh, had authority in heaven. He never lost authority in heaven, but he did lose authority on the earth when Adam forfeited the deed in the garden. That's why Jesus had to came seeking to save that which was lost. Mankind was, there was a whole lot lost more than just salvation. Come on, somebody. Uh, more lost than just mankind. He had to reclaim what Adam had lost in the garden. So now Jesus is proclaiming all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now, the new King James says, now, therefore, go, 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 get out of here. Now, therefore, go make disciples. That word, therefore, is tied to what is previously stated as all authority has been given unto me. What he's saying to the disciples, listen here, I'm about to transfer something here. Because I've been given all power and I've been given all authority, now you are to go. Because I'm transferring the keys of the kingdom into your life, now therefore you go. Friend, I want to remind you today, we're not to carry a foreboding spirit of doom and gloom. We are to carry the kingdom of God. And what is in you is greater than what lies before you. Whether it's cancer, whether it's depression, whether it's poverty, whether it's sickness, whether it's disease, we've got to shift the way we pray and quit asking God. God to do something. Just like this the other day when the tornadoes come through this town. I didn't go out on my property and said, oh God, would you watch over my house? Oh God, I said I said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this storm in the name of the Lord. Where did I get that from? I got that from the Bible where Jesus stood up and spoke to the winds to cease. If he can stand in a boat and speak to wind, I can stand on my front property and declare this tornado shall not ransack my house or ransack my community in the name of the Lord. So we're probably going to lose some people with this teaching right here because people say, well, you know, why does, all this, why does all this bad stuff happen on the earth? If God is good, why is all this bad stuff happening on the earth? What you got to understand, friend, is this. The Bible says in Psalms 115, I think it's verse 16, that the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he's given to the sons of men. God has released us on the earth as his ambassadors to represent him. And so a lot of times the enemy's wreaking havoc because the church will not use the authority Authority that's been given to them. Now, now look at it like this. The power company, so, so let, let me say this. So you're saying, John, that you have the power. No, I'm not saying that I have the power. I'm saying God has the power. And people say, well, you can't do that without God. You're exactly right. But we're not without God. God is in us, friend. Come on, somebody. He says, I want you to be aware that I am with you even until the end of this age. He is with us. God Almighty, Emmanuel, God with us. God, the Father... The Son and the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is in you. The Godhead is in you for, for divine power. So let, let, let's look at this. Jesus never commanded his disciples. He never commanded his disciples, I want you to go to their house and I want you to pray for the sick. You will find nowhere in the New Testament where Jesus asked his disciples to go pray for the sick. It was a, it was a command to go heal the sick. That's right. That's right. It was a command to go heal the sick. So let's look at this in Luke chapter 9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Therefore, 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 because all power is given unto me, therefore, when you when you pray about the coronavirus, we're not hunkered down. Most, most people are hunkered down saying, God, give us peace. Just help, help us have peace through this. Friend, you need to stand up and rebuke this mess in the name of the Lord God and command this thing to not come nigh your dwelling. Come on now. I quote it like this. A thousand may fall at my right hand, ten thousand at my left, but it shall not come nigh my dwelling. I rebuke this in the name of the Lord Jesus. We rebuke cancer. We rebuke disease. We rebuke all kinds of, uh, of sickness. Come on now. Jesus, look at, look at Luke chapter 9. Alright, so we're called to carry this thing. What God is looking for is an expression of faith and something to come from, the, from his ambassadors on the earth. Now let me go back to this. Let me say this. At my house and in this office, we don't generate the power in here. The power that is provided for this office and this church comes from Georgia Power. They generate the power. But if I call Georgia Power this morning and say, please, 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 sir, we, we, we've, got to do a, we've got to do a Facebook Live tonight. Will you come cut the lights on my, in my office? He's going to look at me like I am absolutely crazy. What he's saying is, listen, you've signed the contract 
You pay for the power. We generate it to your office. You've got to use your authority and take responsibility to turn the light switch on. <laughs> when sickness comes in our body, we, 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 we haul them down to the front. We pray like it's some lottery machine hoping that something's going to happen. I'll get into that in a minute, but hope will never move the kingdom of God. Faith moves the kingdom of God. And so here's the thing. So, so God is saying, listen, I've generated the power. I've provided the power and the authority. He is looking for us to take responsibility of what he's placed in us and exercise our authority over what's standing in front of us. It's the same way with the sheriff department. If a de- if you're running 50 if you're running 55 and a 35 and the deputy was to call the sheriff and say, I don't understand. Pastor John is running 55 and 60 mile an hour in front of the church. We can't, you know, would you come out here and do something? He's going to look at him like he's crazy because he has given him a badge. He has placed his hand, his seal of approval on him and set him up as a deputy to enforce the laws in which he has established. This is the same way you and I are in the earth, friend. Come on, somebody. The enemy has no power. He has no authority. God's given it to you. And the only way he does get authority is when he steals it from the church. All right. All right, let's look at this. Preaching a little bit. Luke 9. Jesus summoned together his 12 apostles and imparted, and imparted to them authority over every demon. Quit, quit standing up testifying about, Lord, just help me make it over this devil. Command that devil to come off of your life in the name of Jesus. Command that poverty spirit to lose hold of your mind. Command that disease to get out of your family line. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. You know, heart disease just runs in my family. Well, let me tell you something. When you got born again, you were adopted in a whole new family. Cut that line off of you in the name of Jesus. Come on now. My God, I feel the authority of heaven in him. Yes, sir. Jesus summoned together his 12 apostles and imparted to them authority over every demon and the power to heal every disease. Who has the power to heal disease? God. Where did he transfer it? Into the church. Mm -mm -mm -mm. We don't beg God. I'm telling you this. If you pray for the sick like this, Father, I pray. Would you please heal Brother Matt today? This is how it's done. This, I'm just telling you, I've been around the block enough to know this. This is how we do it in the church, especially us Pentecostals. We're going to quote, first of all, we're going to start by quoting, saying, you know, God, he's a worship leader. Lord, he's been saved since 1995, oh God. He's been faithful to tithe, oh God. Would you do something today, oh God? Maybe even if it be thy will, oh God. If that is the prayer, I can promise you, he's leaving sick today. And he ain't got nothing, friend. God doesn't respond to that. He doesn't respond to need. He responds to faith. If he responded to need, there would be no need on the mission field today. He doesn't respond to need. He responds to faith. And faith cannot exist where the will of God is not known. Come on now. And so when we pray those prayers, it's a slap in the face of Jesus who took the 39 stripes on his back at the whipping post. Even this, people quote Isaiah 53, by his, he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities, and, by, and, and uh, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. They view that as a promise. That's not a promise. It is a statement of fact. It's already happened. Come on, somebody. When we stand and go for healing, it is not something we're looking for. We look back at something that's already taken place. Anytime that you are looking for your healing, you are in hope, not faith, because hope has to do with the future. But faith is now. Hebrews 11 verse 1. My God. Now faith is. If faith is right now, it's an action right now. It's when you stand before cancer knowing it's already been defeated. When was it defeated? 2,000 years ago. It's when you look at poverty that's been in your family line for 50 years. It was done away with 2,000 years ago. He became poor so that you could become rich. So now, Jesus summons together his 12 apostles and he imparts to them authority over every demon. My God. The devil's trying to scare people left and right with this this pandemic. Friend, I'm telling you, we're going to beat this pandemic. 
We're going to soar like never before. The kingdom of God's going to increase. And let me tell you something. When all this is said and done, the Bible says, had the devil would have known the outcome, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Had he had known the outcome on the other side of this, he would have never tried to wreak havoc in this land. Yes, I'm telling you right now, God is, the, the earth is quaking and shaking and dying for the manifestation of the sons of God. Romans 8. Come on, somebody. Yes. The sons of God to stand up. Not the orphans of God, but the sons and the children of yes. God. So he imparts to them, he's imparted to them authority. You say, well, Pastor John, you can't do that. Only God can do that. I agree with you, friend. John chapter 15, Jesus said, I can do nothing. I can do nothing except without my Father. But here's the deal. The Father's in us. We're not without God. All right, so let's look. Let's dive a little deeper in him. Let's go to Acts chapter 3. We're going to get out this foreboding spirit. We're going to learn how to carry the kingdom. I don't know about you, but one of the things that I'm contending for is this right here, is, is I'm contending for signs, wonders, and miracles to be on display like never before. The church has got to have proclamation and demonstration. So many times, listen, I'm, I'm telling you this, what's going, to set, what's going to set the bride of God apart from the religious from the religious thing is, is Timothy said this, in the last days they have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. I'm telling you, what's going to set us apart is, is, is the signs, wonders, and miracles. And so, um, and we can place a demand on that. I said we can place a demand on that, church. Come on, let's look at this. Acts chapter 3. One afternoon, Peter and John went to the temple for the 3 o'clock prayer. As they came to the entrance called the beautiful gate, called the beautiful gate, they were captured by the sight of a man crippled from birth, being carried and placed at the entrance to the temple. He was often brought there to beg for money from those going in to worship. When he noticed Peter and John going into the temple, he begged them for money. Peter and John, looking straight into the eyes of the crippled man, said, look at us. Oh, Lord, yeah, 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 so Lord. He said, look at us. Expecting a gift, he readily gave them his attention. Then Peter said, I don't have money, but I will give you this. By the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Peter held out his right hand, crippled him, uh, uh, held out his right hand to the crippled man, and he pulled the man to his feet. Suddenly power surged into his crippled feet and ankles, and the man jumped up, stood there for a moment, stunned, and then began to walk around. And as he went into the temple courts with Peter and John, he leaped for joy and shouted praises for God. Now, here's the deal. Nowhere in this text do we see Peter say a prayer for healing. Nowhere in this text do we see Peter and John get around this man and say, oh God, would you do something? Peter simply says, look at us. Look on us. He's not saying, look at our good works. He's not saying, look, look, I'm a Pentecostal. Look, I'm a Baptist. I'm a Methodist. He's saying, we carry something, man. I've had an encounter. And the encounter I've had with the living king has changed my life. And something's been deposited into me. And if it's got the power to change me from a cussing, just old, old, just a uh, fisherman that couldn't stand in front, uh, couldn't stand in front of a teenage girl and say, "I know the man." Come on, somebody! And boldness enter into me after the upper room to stand before three to five thousand people and preach the gospel, and three thousand get born again. Look on us, he said. Look at me, and then he says, "Such as I have, he had. You can't give what's in, not in your possession. Such as I have, I give unto you." Listen, we need to get before the world because we got something to give. It is not a track of salvation. Come on, somebody. It's not some Sunday school message. We've got the power of God living inside of us, and we need to we need to give what we have. We need to speak to our problems and situations and command things to change. Quit praying, God, would you bless me, and start commanding the blessing over your life yes. that he's already provided. Yes. Quit asking God to heal you. Command that sickness to get off your body. In the name of Jesus, there's a huge difference between praying for the sick and healing the sick. Most of the church believes God can heal, but they do not believe he's already done it. Well, God can. I, I, believe, I believe, Pastor, God can. 
you know, I was, I, was, I was reading something the other day by Dr. Hagen, and he had this guy to come up to him. And he, when he had this guy to come up to him, he said that he was praying for people for healing. He would always put the people for healing, and people wanted the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the same line. Well, this guy was looking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he asked Dr. Hagen, he said this, he said, he said, uh, Dr. Hagen asked him, he said, do you believe, do you believe when I lay my hands on you, you're going to be filled with the Spirit? And the guy looked back at Dr. Hagen and he said, I hope so. Dr. Hagen looked back at him again and said, you, you, you're not going to get anything. Listen to me. Hope has to do with the future. This is how most people approach healing. They hope that something can happen. Friend, healing has already take, taken place. It is now faith. Now, let me say this. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Matt remembers this and he saw this. I have been privileged to see. I've never seen a cripple get out of a wheelchair, but I've seen deaf ears open. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen deaf ears open. I've never seen blind open, eyes open through my hands, but I've been in the room when blind eyes open. I've been outside when blind eyes open. Uh, but I have had deaf ears, got the doctor reports in my office of the deaf hearing underneath my ears, I mean, underneath my hands. Lord, help me here. And so let me say this. Matt, you remember the service when we prayed for this child, and we did. this is, this is how we prayed for the child. I stuck my fingers in the child's ears, and I said, you deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, did anything happen? Nothing happened instantly and here's where we get beat a lot with healing because people are waiting for something kind of feeling they're waiting for something whatever and what i've learned through tracking with randy clark and movements like this that listen if you are 10 percent different after prayer you begin to praise god you begin to worship listen because what happens is is a lot of times because people are not instantly like a leg don't grow out or something instantly happen right there in that moment that they bind to the lie of the enemy that nothing happened it is impossible for us to lay our hands upon you and nothing take place you with me now it is impossible to pray the will of god and nothing happened so so day two day one went by nothing happened day two went by nothing happened Day three, day three, the phone rang and the child woke up and the mama started crying and then realized that every time she spoke, the baby would turn the head, took the child back to Savannah, Georgia. Remember that? Got a full report from the doctor that was 100% hearing in both ears. Now, let me say this. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. So how do we, inc we increase our faith? By staying around that word. Developing a relationship in the Word increases faith. It, uh, developing a relationship with the Word, what it does is skill your hearing. You with me now? And so as your hearing becomes skillful, faith develops in your life. Now, we go for three days. I go for three days, I think it is, to a, a class called Empowerment done by Randy Clark. But Bill Johnson's there, phenomenal teaching. And I remember when we got there, we received a book about this thick. And I said, man, there's no way that we're going to finish this book in three days. Well, we covered that book in three days. So you was basically in the word. Then you came out to get something to eat back into the word. Then in the services that night, it was nonstop, just the word of the Lord being taught over us. And so whatever. And I'll never forget when we came back here, I was scheduled at a, at a chapel service in the school. And so we go to the school and that's where we seen God healed that healed that little girl of several palsy who could not move her feet. And I can tell you this, regardless of what's said today about that and about the naysayers and the doubters, but I can tell you this, that little girl had never put on a pair of cowboy boots. She didn't have no braces on her feet, and she jumped off the stage at Cornerstone. I'm just telling you that But when we prayed for her, we didn't say, God, would you please do something? God's already done something, friend. What you've got to understand, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 27, it is finished. He's not coming to do nothing else. He put it in you, and he's expecting to get a return off of his investment in you to become a representation of him in the earth. Now, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Oh, my God, I'm about to get excited. Ephesians chapter 1. Man, I can't, I, I'll tell you what, even when we gather back on Sundays, I'm going to probably tote this table on the stage and we're going to quit all that running around and all that mess. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate to be able to do that, but I do love the privilege of being able to sit here and share the word of the Lord because I'm telling you, man, it's, um, I mean, the presence of the Lord is strong in this office right here. 
And, um, and so listen to this. Now, I'm, I'm reading this out of the Passion Translation. And we fixing to, I'm fixing to share scripture with you out of Isaiah. And we're going to read it out of Amplified. And I'm telling you right now, the Pentecostal folk going to start throwing, you're going to throw lawn chairs out in your yard. When you realize that you have the power and that God's given you this ability that, that listen to me, just, just stay right here. Let's look at Ephesians 1 first. He said, I pray that the light of God will, will illuminate the eyes of your imagination flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. God has deposited all of heaven into you. He hath blessed us. Ephesians 1, hath. I'm not looking for a blessing. He's already blessed me. He's deemed my life blessed. Come on, somebody. He hath blessed us with every spiritual blessing, giving us everything that pertains to life and godliness. He's already deposited in you. You, could, you don't need more anointing, friend. You've got, you, you've got everything you could possibly contain. You just need to become a aware of what's already deposited into you. My God, some of us has got some major bank accounts we've never even wrote a check on. You've just got to become aware of what is already there. Good God. How we, I used to spend my, oh God, would you anoint me? Oh God, would you anoint me? He's already anointed me. God was saying, wake up to what I've already put on your life. Just use what I've already given you. Come on. All right, look right here. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through what? Faith, not through hope. Hope is, uh, hope's great. Faith, hope, and love, these three remain, but the greatest is love. He didn't say throw away faith and hope. He just said that the greatest emphasis is on love. But I'm telling you, what people call faith is actually hope. And, and, the, and the currency of heaven is not hope, it's faith. So, so look at this. Man, this is so good right here, what I'm about to read in the passion. Listen, God made available to you through faith. Then your lives, then your lives will be advertisement. Let me tell you how to cut the advertisement uh, budget down in, uh, all the way down to zero in your church. Get people to realize what God's deposited into you. You won't, have to be, you won't have to buy no Facebook ads. You won't have to buy no billboard beside the road. You won't have to, get, you won't have to help your social media platform if your people would just get out and heal the sick. Come on, somebody. Lay hands on the cripple at Walmart and get them up. You, that'll be the greatest advertisement you've ever had for your church. God, then your lives will be an advertisement of the immense power as it works through you. What? God's power is desiring to get outside of the church into the community. My God, this is the answer to the pestilence. COVID-19 has a vaccine. His name is Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost. Then your lives, listen, as you become aware as you and I become aware of the authority that God has placed in the believers, when he sent them out, he said, all power and authority has been given unto me. Therefore, go ye. Therefore, why, why do you need to get out? Why are you going? Because now I'm telling you, I've given you power and authority. I've got everything. I got it. You got the power to tread over serpents, disease, everything to come in your lane. You, got, you carry that authority. But it doesn't matter what you carry if you're not aware of what you have. If, you, if we're going to live like beggars and orphans, oh, God, would you just, man, come on, y'all. I'm not trying to knock anything, but I grew up in the church where we used to pray that God would help us make it home. Just watch over us to make it home. Come on, son. I mean, they, they, he's doing way more. Listen, if goodness and mercy going to follow me all the days of my life, if the armor of God, which ain't nothing that you get up and put on, it's Jesus that you're wearing on the front side, and the glory of God is your rear guard that Isaiah said, how in the world is somebody going to get to you? on your way to the house. Come on. <laughs> Listen to this. If you become aware, you become aware, you become aware. See, here, here's the deal. When you become aware of this kind of stuff, you ain't sitting there praying for the rapture going to happen anymore. What you're doing is you not Listen, the church is trying to leave the earth. God's trying to get into earth. Come on. Come Jesus on. said, <laughs> John 17, I pray, Father, don't take them out of the earth, but leave them in the earth. 
Where are you going? <laughs> Man, this is going to get me. Where are you going, John? Revelation. I seen the new Jerusalem ascend out of heaven. Come down to earth. Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come to earth as it is in heaven. God, the church is trying to get to God. God's trying to get on earth. You are the gate of heaven in which he's flowing through, friend. Oh, Lord, I can't wait to hear the hate mail coming. Thank you, Lord. But listen to this. <laughs> He's made available through faith. How do you access this? Through faith. Through faith. Faith is now. It is something right now. Faith stands before. When we pray for the sick, when we pray in faith, we know it's done. I, I remember this. I remember standing on the stage. Now, I'm not saying that I've always moved in this. I have prayed for the sick in a hoping way. You know what I'm saying? Like hoping something's going to happen. All right. But I have prayed for the sick knowing instantly. I don't care. I don't care what kind of feeling. I know. We had a guy in this church, for whatever reason, he had like knots all over the bottom of his feet. Just knots all over the bottom of his feet. Ain't nothing they could do for him. I remember looking at him standing at the stage that morning during the altar call where we was all gathered around the front. I said, you shall call me tomorrow. You shall call me tomorrow, and you shall tell me that the knots are gone off your feet. That is a command. We didn't pray for healing. We didn't say, God, would you do it? He's already done it, friend. Matthew 8, 17, I bore your sickness upon the cross. But notice when Peter looks back at Isaiah 53, by his stripes you are healed. When Peter writes about it in 1 Peter 2, 24, I believe it is, he said, by his stripes, ye were healed. Past tense, looking back, it's already taking place. It's already happened. Come on now. So, then our lives, when we become aware of this, then our lives is going to be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. So, so what I'm saying is this. The advertisement of the church has got to increase. And it is not on social media platforms, and it is not on billboards on side of 75. What's got to happen is the church has got to become aware of the power. And when you see that person, let me tell you something. When you see that person in the grocery store, and don't look at them with pity. Look at them, and that is a devil from hell. Come on, somebody, and command that thing to loose off their life. That right there, just I can tell that just rocked the boat right when I said that. But Earl Roberts said when he started in the healing ministry that he could not find three men to agree with him that sickness was of the devil. Come on, somebody. That, as simple as this. So we like to keep it real simple right here. I, I had a shop teacher one time. He said, he said, what you need to always use is the kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. So here's the deal. John TNT says the enemy come to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've came that you have life and life more abundantly. If it's killing, stealing, or destroying, that's the work of hell for it is not the work of God. Every perfect gift cometh from above. That's God the Father. He is nothing but good. All right. All right. So this is available through faith. Let's go right here. Read this out of, a, out of Hebrews. We're about to get done here. Let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. I'll find it in a minute. I think it's after the book of Exodus. I'm cutting up. Hebrews 11. Hallelujah. Thank you. Uh, we saw about that. I didn't see the slide this morning that says silence your phone. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith brings our hopes into reality. Now faith. When I start operating out of hope, but operating in faith, what the thing that I'm looking for now becomes into the reality. Now faith brings our hope into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. So a lot of people look at Isaiah 53 as a promise. 
I'm not just going to say, and say but I'm just telling you, friend, don't look at it as a promise, but look at it as a matter of fact. It's a statement. You know what I'm saying? Like, praise the Lord. That's a command. Praise ye the Lord, everybody. That's a command. That's not a suggestion. That's not if you want to or you feel like it. That's a command. Praise ye the Lord. When we say hallelujah, which is translated in every language, that is, you must praise Yahweh. You know what I'm saying? I mean, hallelujah, that's not a, it, it is command. So I'm just trying to tell you the kingdom responds with commands. It doesn't respond with beggars asking. It responds with commands. Now, Isaiah 53, everything that was paid for in that, in that passage, faith is the way that we transfer that into this reality. We transfer that into the earth realm. Now, I want to read this verse right here. You said, well, Pastor, I, I just don't know, man. I'm just, you, you in here talking about we, we, we can command God. I mean, I mean, I don't understand what you're saying right here. Now, this is, this is a little bit crazy. Let me read this scripture to you out of Isaiah 45, which is a prophetic picture of Cyrus. We'll get in that another day. Um, and so, uh, but but read this out of, read, read it off of, uh, I want to read this out of the Amplified of Isaiah 45, verse 11. Read that, Matt, right there uh, off of the, um, the deal. Isaiah 45 says, uh, verse 11 says, For the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and its maker says this, Ask me about things to come concerning my sons and give me orders concerning the work of my hands. Did you hear what he just read? My God, I'm telling you, read that one more time. Just read it again for him. For, for the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, and its maker says this, Ask me about the things to come concerning my sons, and give me orders concerning the works of my hands. Give me orders. Listen to what he's saying. I want you to, I want you to command, the King James says, command ye, com, command ye me. I'll command me concerning the works of my hands. I, I, God is looking for the church to command him concerning what he's provided for the church. Man, healing is the children's bread. My God, let's quit burying folk around here. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I don't pray that God's going to give me 70 years. The Bible says it's 120 years unto man. I'm claiming 120. I don't care if you laugh at that or whatever, but I know that there's adjustments I got to make in my life concerning health and fitness and those things to be able to see that type of longevity. But I'm just telling you, I lost my dad at 52. That wasn't the will of God. He That was the, that was the enemy. Come on. I, I, I don't look at that as no will of God. And, and so... Uh, um, but here's the deal. He said, command ye, command ye, com command me concerning the works of my hands. What has God provided for you? Healing, deliverance, come on, blessing, provision, I mean, abundance, all of these things, God is looking for the church to place a withdrawal or place a demand on what the cross has already provided That's for right. you. We're not looking for God to do something because the cross has already made provision. All of this is past tense that can be pulled down right now today. Right now today. Come on, y'all. So listen to this. We've got to have proclamation and demonstration. As moving ahead, on the other side of this COVID-19, we can no longer stand like preachers. We can't stand like vacuum cleaner salesmen telling them how good the gospel is without any demonstration. The church must demonstrate. I'll never forget this was years ago, probably 15 years ago. I was sitting there in my house and looking at Acts chapter 4, and Peter said, we can't help but to, we can't help but to share after they had the daylight beat out of them. You know what I'm saying? We can't help but to share the things which we have seen and heard. Most of the church in the South, only hears a message on Sunday. We ain't seen nothing in a long time. So that's why when somebody posts a message about healing of cancer, people can't even believe that anymore because you ain't seen it. Just because you ain't seen it don't mean it's real. I've never seen a million dollar bill, but it doesn't mean that it don't exist, friend. Come on, somebody. So here's the deal. The church has got to get back to seeing and hearing. There's got to be a proclamation and a demonstration. So let's look at how Jesus instructed his people to preach. And then I'm going to close with this. What is a sign of New Testament preaching? I'm going to show you. All right. Luke chapter 10. This is how Jesus commanded his disciples right here. Let's go back. Father, I pray you break depression right now by the power of your Holy Spirit.
A spirit of heaviness, we command you to go right now in the name of Jesus. Doom and gloom, I break you off of this community in the name of the Lord God. I release faith and hope into my community. Come on, somebody. You can't release what, what is not already provided. Listen, the Scripture says that, uh, that we to bind and loose. It says, whatsoever be bound on earth, whatsoever be bound in heaven, bind on earth. Whatsoever you loose in heaven shall be loosed on earth. That is a really a wrong translation in the King James. It literally means whatsoever has already been bound in heaven shall be bound on earth. So if I appear in heaven and see it bound in heaven, it can bind it on the earth. So that's why I bind COVID-19 and the spread of this virus off of this community in this region. The Bible says whatever is loosed in heaven shall can already be loosed on earth. Peace, joy, righteousness, all of that is loosed in heaven. Divine health. There ain't nobody in heaven stumbling over any disease or sickness. Come on, somebody. Listen here. Golly, boy, I'm telling you. Come on. I heard somebody say this. You know, cancer can't exist in heaven because God's there. But God's here. Why is it existing here? Here's the thing. There's no agreement with it in heaven. My God, when we break agreements, come on, somebody. If two of you touch and agree, that thing shall be established. That means if you want to touch and agree and believe that because heart disease runs in your family, you're going to get heart disease, you could touch and agree with that and establish that in your life. But if you touch and agree with what we're telling you this morning, was Isaiah 45 verse 11 that I can command something on my behalf and have it to shift in this realm. If we touch and agree on that, if we touch and agree for this community, that God would break the back of COVID-19. I'm telling you, we're, we're seeing unemployment numbers like in the Depression. I refuse that in the name of Jesus. I'm believing as these businesses open up that God is supernaturally providing and provisions going to be released and the hand of protections over them in the name of the Lord. So look at this. In Luke chapter 10, I got to get where I can teach and quit holler. Listen to this. When you enter a new town, he's instructed them how to preach. When you enter a new town... And you've been welcomed by its people. Follow these rules. Eat what has served you. Then go out and beg me to heal the sick. Hold on, I'm, I'm sorry. That, that's what we practice in church, but that ain't what the Bible says. Man, I love just, I'm telling you, it's amazing how many people you can make bad with the Bible. Because down here in the South, because what, what we've heard is what Granny said. The good man up the stairs. Well, don't the good book say? That's the reason why we've been, def- that's why I'm telling you, I, I don't want to make you mad, friend, but I'm telling you, that's why your life's getting beat up right there because you're ignorant of what the Bible said. The Hosea says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. What you don't know is killing you, friend. I'm trying to help us here. I'm not trying to be a, I'm not trying to be a smarty britches, but I am trying to help us here. Don't say what the good book says. Get in the book yourself, friend. Read it. Devour it. Eat it. Golly. When you enter a new town, you've been welcomed by its people. Follow these rules. Eat what has served you. Then heal the sick. This is a command. This is a command given to the church. The same grace that you preach with is the same grace you heal with. And tell them all God's kingdom realm has arrived. And it's now. Oh, won't it be glorious over there? That is the reason why we're struggling. We're looking for over there. Quit looking over there. Look here. My God, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Mm. Look here. It is now. He said, heal the sick and tell them God's kingdom realm is here right now amongst you. The Bible says the kingdom of God is at hand. That means it's within arm reach. I hear some well, you know, we go to a funeral, but now he's experienced eternal life. Friend, quit being ignorant of the Bible. John 17 says to know Jesus as the son of the living God. This is eternal life. I began eternal life on February the 2nd of 1998 when I got born again and so do you. It's time we experience things here and now what has already been provided for us. Man, religion puts all the promises of God into the millennial, into the future, which is why we have no fruit. My God. Heal the sick. Tell them God's kingdom realm has arrived and it is now within your reach. 
Friend, there's so much right now available in your reach. Those of you with sickness in your body, I command it to go right now in the name of Jesus. Man, R.W. Shambach, I remember seeing him pray for a guy come down and said he got a heart attack. Says, says he had no heart disease. R.W. Shambach reached back and I mean slapped that man to the ground. Friend, if that would happen in today's church, he would have been arrested. I'm just telling you right now. He slapped him to the ground. And they asked him, said, why in the world did you do it? He said, I slapped that devil off of his life. But let me tell you something. That man got up. He was healed of God. Of the, of any, that's, that's a man standing in the authority. I'll never forget. I'm just using him for a minute. I remember that when he went, he went to Baltimore, Maryland. He set up a tent to preach the gospel. And the cops come down there and said, man, we just come down here to forewarn you. It was about 1 o'clock in the day. He said, listen, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, we don't even come into this section anymore because we're afraid for our own lives. And he said, I'm telling you, you need to get your stuff and get out of here for the sake of your own life. R.W. looked at him and he said, man, he said, I know God told us this is the right place. He said he sat there for three weeks and cast the devils out of that section of the city. It is time. It's high time, man. I'm telling you that we are behind things here in the South, man, with this message. We have preached the gospel of salvation. There's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with the gospel of salvation, but that is not the message Jesus preached, friend. He preached the message of the kingdom, and the kingdom is deeper than salvation. It is sozo, friend. That's why he said, he walked by the paraplegic laying there, and he said, take up thy bed, for thy sins are forgiven. He said, which is easier to say, take up thy bed, or thy sins forgiven? He said, because what I gave him was the kingdom, and the, I I didn't just give him salvation. I gave him the kingdom. And, the, and that is the healing of his body, deliverance of torment, and the forgiveness of his sin. Most of the church only believes God can forgive them, friend. It is so deeper than that. Listen to this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Man, I'm telling you right now, if we don't get but if, if we don't get a thousand views off of this, it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Listen to this. When you enter into a new town, you're welcomed by his people. Follow these rules. Eat what has served you. Then heal the sick and tell them all God's kingdom realm has arrived and it is now within your reach. I want to tell you the kingdom of God's realm has arrived and it's been here for some time now. And it's time we press into it. Now let's look at this. New Testament preaching. What should preaching look like in our churches? It's right here. Acts chapter 4. I'm going to read a good verse of scripture right here. Now let me tell you what preaching looks like in our churches. It's a man displaying his gift and talent. A few goosebumps. And then we go leave and we eat chicken at a buffet. And we say how great the service was, but nobody can't say what was preached. All we know is we sweated and we had fun. But here's the deal. Folk with cancer still left with cancer. Folks that was on Prozac still leave on Prozac. Folk that got arthritis still left on arthritis. Canes still left the building. Wheelchairs still leave the building. We've got to transfer, friend. I'm just trying to tell you. We've got to make a change. And we've got to get lined up with what the Bible says New Testament preaching is. And New Testament preaching was not some just some flashy revelation. It was proclamation and demonstration. I got to get a... Yeah, hold on. Those that know me know this. That um, I, I don't want to fix that. Go back to where... Um, Hebrews chapter 4. I mean, uh, Acts chapter 4. Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 4. <laughs> hey, Lord. All right, we got it. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. As soon as they were released from custody, Peter and John went to the other believers and explained all that had happened with the high priest and the elders. And when the believers heard their report, they raised their voices in unity and prayed, Lord Yahweh, you are the Lord of all. You created the universe, the earth, the sky, and the sea, and everything that is in them. And you spoke by the Holy Spirit through your servant David, our forefather, saying, How dare the nations plan a rebellion, ranting and raging against the Lord Most High. 
their foolish plots are futile. Look at how the kings of the earth take their stands with the rulers, scheming and conspiring together against God and his anointed Messiah. In fact, Herod, Pontius Pilate, along with the Jews and the non-Jews, met together to take their stand against your holy servant, Jesus, the Messiah. They did to him that your purpose and will had determined according to the des destiny you had marked out for him. So now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. Listen to their cry. Their cry was not, Lord. Their cry was not, Lord, would you feel, would you feel the church? Lord, would you get us 1,000 1, likes on Facebook? Lord, would you help us on Instagram? Lord, would you help us would you help us in the youth department? Listen at their cry. Listen at their cry. He said, empower us as your servant to speak the word of God freely and courageously. I'm telling you, this will be a sign of the end time church courage. Courage to stand up. Courage to speak the truth. Stretch out your hand of power. Stretch out your hand of power through us. This is what God's saying today to the church. He's desiring to stretch out his hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. At that moment, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit and they proclaimed the word of gold with unrestrained boldness. As the power of God stretches out his hand through the church, it will cause the ground to tremble underneath our feet. I'm telling you, friend, we are going to see the greatest revival that mankind has ever witnessed. We are going to see it. We're going to see cripples walk. We're going to see deaf ears open. We're going to see the blind see, the lame. I'm telling you what Heidi Baker sees in Mozambique and what others see in the nations of the earth, we're going to see in America and we're going to see in the land of the South. It's going to take preachers with great faith and courage to stand up before their church and speak of healing as a right now movement. I'm tired of hearing the message of healing about how it was in the days of William Brannan. I appreciate Brother Brannan and I read his books and they fire me up, glory to God. But here's the deal. Habakkuk said this on, Sh on Shiganoth. He climbed up and he said, Lord, revive the works of the revive the works of the Lord in the in the midst of the years. I'm in. I, I wasn't alive in 1950. I wasn't alive in the 40s with the voice of healing. But I am alive in 2020. And I am declaring a message of hope this morning, saying that the kingdom of God is right here. Right here. Friend, whatever you need today, it's available. It's available through faith, faith in Jesus. Pastor, I, I got something if, Go if that's all right. I, I just feel like there may be ministers out there that are watching this and they're in there almost in a closet hiding because of the opinions of people that they're, they're, they're serving or whatever. But I just want to declare boldness to declare what the Bible says. The kingdom, not a, not a message of salvation, but kingdom that wouldn't cower down to those people who would, who would try to hold back you know, the, the the Bible says Jesus went to the Pharisees and said, men are trying to come in and you stand at the door and block them. We declare right now that freedom and boldness will come to that man of God that would sit in there and say, God, I want this type of movement in the South. I'm called to the South too. We declare f freedom and boldness to declare the kingdom of God in this area. And there's so many, I'm just telling you this, there's so many problems that we're trying to look for Washington to solve. We're trying to look for our local civil governments to solve, and they lie at the feet of the church. We're standing here asking the power company, would you please cut the lights on when they've generated the power and we've, we've entered into the contract agreement and, they, and we have to use our authority to flip the switch. I can pray, I can cry out every day that I'm starving to death. And nothing's going to change until I get up and walk to the stove and access what's already there. I'm, 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 I don't know about you, but as a pastor, I'm tired of burying people. Now, people get upset with this type of preaching. That's all right. Because it's so easy to preach, you know, your little three points in a poem 
and, and don't shake the boat or rattle anything. It's easy to stand up there and, and, and secretly hate abortion but won't talk about it. You know what I'm saying? It's it's easy it's easy to do those things, and those are real issues, friend. That are ripping that are ripping and paying homage to the to the to the devil that you're trying to defeat. But because you won't preach on abortion and things like that, that spirit is pay, is is paying homage to that spirit that you're trying to defeat. I mean, we're gonna sit here and have we're gonna sit here and have commercials on our TVs about dogs that are needing help and cats that are being left behind, but nobody's saying anything about the babies and and so many African American children being snatched out of the womb. Man, come on, get off! I'm just saying this: we've got to preach a message of power in this hour. I mean, I'm telling you this: the sugar-coated, candy-coated stuff is not gonna move nothing in the days ahead. I'm telling you, if you think that, listen, I'm not, I've, I've read Matthew 24 and there's going to be more things such as COVID-19. Listen, the, the world's going to be the world and, and it's going to get dark, friend. I'm just telling you that. But, but, but here's the thing. The flip side of that is the church is going to become brighter and brighter and brighter. What you got to understand about the light, the light of the church, when we came in here, we didn't come in here and say, God, oh, Lord, drive the darkness out of here. No, we flipped the light on, and the light overpowered the darkness. Come on, man. When the church gets a revelation of the kingdom and begins to preach that message, that message of the kingdom, we will drive the darkness out of this place, man. You hear me? I'm telling you right now, the devil's on the run. Jesus took them in Matthew 16. We just, this is all free right here. To Caesarea Philippi, a 30-mile journey outside the way on foot to give them an illustrated sermon. When he said, whom do men say that I am? Standing in Caesarea Philippi. That was like the most wicked place. That would be like the brothels in Amsterdam. And he stood there and said, whom do men say that I am? Peter says, some say that thou art Elijah. Some say that John the Baptist you know, they said, some said it did, but, but Peter said, he said, who do you say I am? He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And upon this, he said, blessed art thou, Simon, son of Barjona, for flesh and, blood, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, that my Father in heaven. And upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Now the Catholic Church took that and said, upon Peter. God wasn't saying upon Peter he's fixing to build a church. Others say it was upon the, the rock of revelation that he had of the Christ. Of Because, see, it's one thing to say Jesus. We say Jesus Christ is not his last name. Christ means Christos, anointed one. The one that's got the power to do something. The devil don't mind you talking about Jesus. But when you start talking about Christ, that's when he upsets him. So here's the deal. There was a rock of a great God in Caesarea Philippi, and Jesus was pointing at that rock upon this wicked place right here. The worst, the worst place you can find in society. I'm going to build my church. And what that right there is, right in the midst of that right here, it will never prevail against the church. The church is hunkered down in this very hour, waiting on the rapture, asking for peace to just be able to make it in COVID-19. And Jesus has pointed at the church upon this very rock. The church is never meant to be on defense. It is an offense. That is a picture of an offense that cannot be stopped. I'm telling you, friend, as a believer in Christ, God has deposited heaven inside of you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I'm telling you, if you want to see some things shift in your house, stand up and open your mouth and begin to proclaim the word of God. Begin to take Isaiah 45, verse 11, what we showed you today. Command ye me of concerning the works of my hands. Begin to command God. God, you've promised me. God, you've promised me. The prayer of Jabez, look how that went. A simple prayer. Bless me indeed. Why? Because that's the works of his hands. So, Father, we just thank you today for all of these tuning in uh, to watching this. Father, we just pray the blessing of the Lord upon them. And, Father, we just thank you for that we are carriers of the kingdom carriers of the kingdom. Break this foreboding spirit off of our lives in the name of Jesus. This is not a day of doom and gloom, but this is a great day. A great day. Four lepers about to die said, if we stay here at the gate of the city, we're going to die. And they said, but let us, maybe if we go into the enemy's camp, maybe they'll have mercy on us. The Bible says those four lepers, 
God had prophesied that he was about to break a famine, that this time tomorrow things are going to change. And remember they said, even if God opened the windows of heaven, that, that you know, that could this happen? He said, you shall see it, but not taste of it. Friend, these four lepers, lepers with broken extremities and all this, they dragging themselves down to the enemy's camp. God called a great sound to come underneath their feet. And they thought, well, but they said, listen, this is a glorious day. I came to tell you with, uh, with famine all around us, with death all around us, this is a great and glorious day. Listen, we, I, I know I got to him, but I'm just rolling right here. When Joshua and them were commanded to cross over the Jordan, the Bible didn't say that the Jordan was two foot deep. It says it was a flood stage. The, listen, the Jordan is always a picture of death. Death was out of its banks, but God commanded when death was out of its banks. He said, if you let the, he said, the priest that bear the ark, let them go first. And the Bible says, listen to this, when the priest stood in that water, it says that the water began to stop and recede. They walked over on dry land. Look at this. Read this in Joshua 3. He said that when the, when the waters receded, it said it receded all the way back to the great city called Adam. This is what God's building in the last day. He's rolling, he's rolling it all the way back to Eden, baby. We're about to demonstrate some things on the earth. This is a day to get excited, man. My God, I'm pumped up about this. I hope you are too, friend. God bless you. We can't wait to see you. Look forward to seeing you. And uh, when we come back and rip the roof off of this place called The Stone, God bless you. We hope you enjoyed our message of the week. Thanks for joining us. Our passion at Cornerstone is our family atmosphere built on deep relationships. We want to connect with you. Please take a moment and download our app and connect with us on social media to stay updated with all things Cornerstone. We pray you have a wonderful week. Yeah.